What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Cut. Christian, Randy, Sean. I'm Sean. Christian and Randy are also here because apparently if I don't say it in the right order, our listeners are going to think that I'm Christian for some yeah. reason. And we don't I mean, want like, that. Yeah, because I have hair. Really? All right. Two straight episodes, huh? Let's, let's <laughs> <laughs> so, as you are listening to this podcast, it is now Thursday. We are one week away from kickoff of the 2020 NFL season. Hell yeah. I'm so pumped. I don't, well, I don't, we, let's not get, like, let's calm down here. Let's, let's not get too feisty. No. Let's do that for next week. Yes. So, how are we doing? <laughs> Great. Uh, I think we should apologize for how long this intro is about to be. Um, so, I'll be the one that does that because I typed up the show doc. So, sorry, yeah. everyone. Scroll to 2732 for the next segment. Just kidding. We don't know that yet. Don't do that. I'm just going to say good so we can move the fuck along. Yeah. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> so um, we're going to talk today about our bold predictions for the 2020 season. This is going to be Christian's favorite episode because he's he has no shortage of bold takes. So he finally gets to explain a couple, even though he did write an entire article about it that I didn't read. Um, Dick. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to talk about um, defense. We're going to talk about our favorite matchups for week one. But first, there is a lot to talk about news as of Monday the 31st. Number one, Derwin James, uh, he had injured him, his leg in practice last week. They weren't sure what the diagnosis was. The diagnosis did come down today. He is going to be out six to eight months with a meniscus tear when he requires surgery. Christian, you have the floor. Yeah, so I've said for a while that I think the Chargers are going to be good. They're going to at least contend for a playoff spot. So not not great. Uh, pretty middle of the road. But that was with the assumption that Derwin James was going to be back healthy. With him gone, I think we're going to see Herbert in the first half of the season, uh, especially with Mike Williams out. I bumped... Austin Eckler up in my rankings. I bumped Tyrod down. I bumped Keenan Allen up. Uh, Who else did you bump up? Justin Herbert. Say it. Yeah, there it is. There it is, Randy. There it is. So I, I gave. I, I actually I, I gave Tyrod nine games just so I could stick to my my narrative that he would play over half the year <laughs> before half the year. Yes, and he doesn't even believe that. I don't, but I I'm sticking I'm sticking to it because <laughs> damn it, I said it. <laughs> but no, the Chargers definitely got a lot worse with that news and that sucks because I think that would have been a really, really fun division. So Yeah, well while they do have a still have a really strong pass rush, uh we saw their secondary struggle without Durbin last year. Um he he's honestly the biggest key to that defense. Uh, they obviously got better at linebacker, in my opinion. Hopefully that helps out, but we'll see. Yes. You guys didn't give me a really good seg- segue, because I was going to go, speaking of this, or speaking of that, and it didn't really work out. Austin I was hoping running back. Was hoping- Derwin James no. is getting surgery, so he's about to be cut. Uh, speaking of. All right, now you guys are just forcing it. <laughs> All right, so yeah. the other big piece of news that came out today, before I woke up this morning, I did not realize what Christian was talking about in our Dynasty League. He was in our messages, and all of a sudden, I see his message first, and then I see the news, because, again, I wasn't awake yet. 
Leonard Fournette was released from the Jacksonville Jaguars. And by the time you're listening to this, Leonard Fournette is now a Washington Red football team. Or what are you supposed to so like? Team player, supposed- football team player. I had so this debate tough. yesterday. Just say he plays for Washington and leave it at that. He plays so for the NFL he's team. Playing, he's playing for Washington, or he's playing for New England, or unfortunately, he's playing. For, if he's playing for Houston, there will be definitely a different type of tone that I will be taking because, <laughs> God damn it! But he's signed with somebody else, but yeah. we don't know that yet because we can't go forward in time. Unfortunately, as much as I yeah. wish we could, uh, um, I, I've seen a a lot of talk about the Rams just because of Ramsey being there. Uh, talk about talk about a fucking burn to Cam Akers if that happens. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, well, with Henderson still being kind of in and out, uh, I've seen even Malcolm Brown running first team. So maybe there, there was a report. Maybe there's there a report to, Sorry, there was a report today that said that Malcolm Brown is their third down back, and that's how you know it's pretty bad there. Um, but. Fournette, I don't. I mean, I think if they wanted a guy like Fournette, they would have kept the 2019 version of Todd Gurley and just said "fuck it." I just, I mean, just a, a fairly inefficient guy. He was inefficient well, in the passing game. He, it's the same level of offensive line, if not worse. So Fournette would not be good with them. I don't yeah, think. but a one-year rental for a tenth of the price is worth it. Yeah, like Fournette's like on the rookie deal, bro. Like. Leonard Fournette to the Detroit Lions. Uh, very well. Could be, even though Carrion's apparently secured that job. Me and Christian had a discussion to fight off a lot of the Chicago Bears takes. I understand that Dave Montgomery could miss two games, um, but they fully trust him to be their workhorse back, so... If you're signing, see, I don't believe Matt. Matt I don't believe Matt Nagy thinks that, Randy. Uh, that's all that's been said, and for the most part, with the touch count from last year, especially as the year went on, that's what we saw. But again, Matt Nagy's not an idiot. <laughs> Very true. true. But man, Christian, I can't believe you didn't remember that. That was like a recurring theme from last year too. So, Anytime was- we can talk about the Bears, I got to say that. Very true. All right, so well, again, this this conversation is probably irrelevant to our listeners because it's Thursday and he signed with somebody. Well, let's so let's quickly do the relevant part of it. Who is the person to own in Jacksonville then, if they don't sign anyone else? Gardner Minshew, <laughs> four running backs. <laughs> this isn't the uh, the quarterbacks could run for more yards. I mean, well, this is all as their running back, and they do that. No. Yeah, I've seen Hard that. I've, I've seen that as a joke. I haven't seen that be uh, so. Here's oh, the thing. Uh, I think Wyquell Armstead's going to get a shot, but he's missed some time. So basically, they made this decision to cut Fournette while Armstead was not on the practice field. So I think that does speak something. It's it's Ryquell Armstead. It's a undrafted free agent and James Robinson, or it's Chris Thompson, who's always healthy until about the beginning of October. So Chris Chris Thompson, too. Yeah, Zigbo seemingly seemingly the combination of him and uh, Armstead is enough to get what Fournette was doing. Unless they talk, unless they sign somebody else, don't bother. Don't bother with anybody. My my take is as of 
right now, I'm not sure fully who takes the running running aspect. Uh, I think the first shot would go to Raquel, but again, he wasn't there when they made this move, basically. So maybe that speaks for Zebo. But uh, Thompson is going to get all the passing work, in my opinion, or at least 80% of it. If he stays healthy, which isn't going to happen, that's great. So if he plays 10 games, that's the first 10 games or the last 10. That's great for you. You get some value. <sighs> yeah, see, I personally think Reichwell is going to be the three-down guy by the end of the season. I, he just he hasn't he didn't really get a huge opportunity, but he hasn't shown anything great yet. Obviously, there's a lot of time we have to see him this year. I'm just saying. I again, I, yeah, I I I just find it hard, hard to believe they're not going to bring somebody in like Devontae Freeman. I just well, I find uh, it hard. Devontae Freeman do turned down a four million dollar offer. They were paying four million dollars to Leonard Fournette. So you cut that guy. That's I mean, I understand maybe organizations run really bad, but that one thing I think could be realistic is Fournette goes to Washington. Peterson gets cut, and Adrian Peterson goes to Jackson. <laughs> That could very well happen. I definitely think that's a possibility because obviously Fournette goes to Washington, and again, that already happened. So, you know, um, if he goes there, then they, there's no way Adrian Peterson makes the team. You're not keeping those guys both on the damn team. So uh, then Peterson yeah. probably goes somewhere else. It also most but, likely means that Bryce Love gets cut, unfortunately. Yes. All right. So moving on because that's enough Leonard Fournette talk. Yep. Again, I'm sure we'll touch in in detail on our Thursday episode, which will become Monday. Um, Just going to bring you guys kind of what we're going to be looking at moving forward here. So uh, you'll have four episodes for next week. I I would say like you should be excited, but I mean, let's let's call a spade a spade here. No guarantee anybody's going to listen to all four of those. Anyway, I will say that's one one person. (laughs) Oh, we know you won't. That's true. That's very, very true. Anyway, so Monday will be our 2020 superlatives. (laughs) Monday will be our 2020 superlatives episode. We bring in you guys, our fantasy MVPs, things of that nature. Tuesday will be our week one preview. This is our release dates. Not the recording dates, because why would you guys ever care about that? So these are when the episodes are going to be released. Monday is the 2020 superlatives. Tuesday will be our week one preview, so we'll be doing that again this year. Thursday will be our start sit episode. We're going to be bringing that to you guys again. That one I do feel like people got use out of as much as I joke. I do think that our listeners like those. Um, just make sure we don't give any guys starting or sitting that we're ever playing against in the cut listener league. We'll have to make sure we talk about it beforehand <laughs> and make sure we don't add those because we don't want to give them any. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be hard Fair. to do. <laughs> and then Sunday morning, our DFS show. I guess we're not going to be doing the live stream for now. Uh, that's not a TBD. Yeah. Honestly, let's, let's put the cards on the table. Me and Christian have hundred percent, not even discussed it. Uh, <laughs> so nope. also every time, you. every time me and Christian attempt to do the live streams, just us two, it works perfectly fine. Uh, for some reason, when we add the third and fourth, things start to go wrong, but we also haven't tried it since Christian's made some, changes to the program he's running and how it's set up so maybe we'll be able to get that out to you week one worst case it'll be an episode for the next day yeah, What's your question? If, any listeners, if any listeners have any advice on how to get obs to fucking work with four people that would be great 
Um, Kershaw, what's your question? My question? Sean, so Sean are you, yeah, are you coming on next week for the DFS episode? To be determined. Okay. 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 Everything with DFS is TBD. So why are we maybe maybe we shouldn't even have the damn show. We're we're having it. Yes. All right. So <laughs> Christian again, Christian kind of put this whole thing together. So the question we have that uh before we get into our bold predictions, every year there's a duo of teammates that finish as wide receiver ones, and I think you can go back till at least twenty thirteen, I believe, that this is true. Uh last year was obviously Godwin and Godwin and Evans. Um the year before that in 2018 was Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. 2017, Marvin Jones and Golden Tate. Um, that was the last three seasons. So we talked about this a little bit in our this or that episode, but we kind of expand we're kind of expanding on it. Of the duos that we have listed, which one would you guys bet on for 2020 to both finish as RB1 or wide receiver ones? Uh Julio and Ridley for Atlanta, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin for Tampa Bay. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods for Los Angeles, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry for the Browns, or Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf for Seattle. Um, I'll go first because we already know what Christian says. Mine's going to be the same. It's going to be Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Um, I think Julio's a lock to be uh wide receiver one. I think Godwin is. I think Robert Woods is, and that's it of this list. I think. Ridley has a great shot, and so does Mike Evans. I don't think Cooper Cup, so because I, I'm just going to go with the Falcons because they're a worse team, probably, on defense, so they're going to need to score a lot. I'm going to go a little bit contrarian. I will say Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. What's- we all know how good I feel about Robert Woods, but I do think I could be potentially wrong on Cooper Cup also, where I don't know if they're going to necessarily. Um, run as much maybe 12 personnel as we think. I know Cooper Cup is dealing with an injury, but it shouldn't keep him out of week one as of right now. I mean, Cooper Cup still had, I, I believe he still finished in the top he did five, top 12. Yeah. At the end, he was, yeah, he finished as wide receiver four last year. Jeez. And, and I know that we talk about what happened in the second half of last year, but if they don't use the tight end as much as we think, there's a very good chance that Cooper Cup and Robert Woods have very good seasons, so I'll, I'll go with that one. Very true. Uh, a lot of his is bolstered by his just amazing use in the red zone, which I think goes down with multiple good tight ends healthy on the team this year. So that's that's my biggest concern with him. He's still going to get a bunch of targets. I think he's going to be a little bit outpaced by Woods in that regard, but he's going to have more touchdowns than Robert Woods. So, yeah. And then we know what my duo is. Yep. Right. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, think, I don't need I to think talk Woods about it. Cups is my second option, though, Sean. Okay. Close, yeah. Closely by the Bucks. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I see that. I just don't see enough volume for Beckham and Landry to do it. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, the one I would say that would be the sneakiest one to do it would be Lockett and Metcalf. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't see either one of them was a wide receiver one and I'm and personally I don't think Odell is going to be a wide receiver one for fantasy this year uh I just I, I'm not saying it's not going to be super close I just don't think he is sure yeah all right let's uh add break 
a dad yeah. break. Okay. Dad break. <laughs> dad break. And then we'll uh, talk about our bold predictions. All right, welcome back to the cut. Uh, we're gonna do our bold predictions, and uh, this is kind of Christian's brainchild here, but I had to come up with some, as did Randy. So yeah, uh, I don't have a lot of uh, backup for these. I just figured they were bold statements that we believe to come true. So I'm gonna roll with it anyway. Um, this first one I've talked about at nauseum this year. Uh, so go back and listen to our A1 running backs episode if you want to hear my reasoning behind why I believe in this guy so much. But my bold prediction is that David Johnson will finish higher than both Chris Carson and Le'Veon Bell in 2020. Now, the Le'Veon Bell one was maybe a little bit of low-hanging fruit because of every all of the news that's reported about how he's been running with the twos. Frank Gore looks good and yada and blah, blah, blah. Fuck Adam Gase. Anyway. Fair enough. Yes. Indeed. So, I mean, you guys know that I full 100% believe in David Johnson before he got hurt last year. Through seven weeks, he was RB8. Through eight weeks, that was including his injury, he was RB10. The talent's still there, despite what people want to think. And I don't see any scenario where he isn't a main guy with Bill O'Brien and the Texans, unless fucking Leonard Fournette goes there and I will die and I will cry inside. Um, I will die and cry. I will do both of them, not necessarily in that order, but I was just gonna say. if that's what happens, I will be sad. But if it doesn't, and it's just David Johnson and Duke Johnson, David Johnson is going to finish very high. I have a bet riding on it. I have my A1 running back riding on it. Now I have my bold prediction riding on it that David Johnson finished higher than, finishes higher than Chris Carson and Lev Bell. Now, for the record, there's not much we can pick apart with these because they're bold statements. Okay, so let's 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 not get on me for David Johnson again for the millionth fucking time. You're so ready for that. <laughs> the only thing oh that I want to pick Here. apart. Okay, oh, okay, yeah, Quickly. please do. Please oh, do so I can come right back. Before he tries to pick it apart, what like percentage would you say this happens? Are you a full hundred on this? No. Eighty five. Okay. Okay. So. Okay, so me picking it apart is actually endorsing it, dude. I don't think, I think Carson and Lev are kind of the low-hanging fruit, and I kind of think this is a likely scenario. Because I'm really low on Carson. Bell's like a pretty big fade for me right now. And so... Well, I, we're we're Adam Gase scared off from Bell right now, even though he looks to be in the best shape of his life. Ever, uh, yeah. That's with Carson. Unless it's a three-back system, he's going to get just as much carries as David Johnson, if not more. But David Johnson's going to get more passing work, most likely. So, yeah, this is very doable, even if the bet we have says no. (laughs) It's true, yeah. But, yeah, that's the only thing I would pick apart, because I think that this could happen, as much as I'm down on DJ. Very true. All right, well, I'll roll into my first one. Uh, I'm sticking now, with the guys. Listeners, please be prepared. Um, if if you need to, if you need to take a break. If you need to go to the bathroom, please do that now because this there's no intermission. <laughs> this would probably be the time that we would give you an intermission because of how long this. Is. This is not a 
2005 WWE Divas match. You don't take a bathroom break right now. I got this. Uh, <laughs> mine is a guy yeah, named Christian. We have been pounding the table for for two years now. For those but, of you that obviously nobody can see us, Randy did actually make a motion to pound the table, but obviously we're just audio, so you can't actually see it. Big facts. And I didn't want to do it because it is audio. But my bold prediction <laughs> for him is he will be a wide receiver two this year and make Parker his 1B in the offense. So it's kind of a two-for-one, but I think only one of these guys is going to be a wide receiver two, in my opinion, uh, and the other one's going to be a wide receiver three. And I think it's going to be Preston. He showed his dominance once he kind of got his footing last year, even though he did score a touchdown his first game. Unfortunate injury, kind of delayed his complete breakout, but the sophomore season, I think he's going to truly break out and stay healthy. Uh, his lowest target of game last year was five targets, and that was his first game. He's already looked incredible in camp, and we already know Fitzpatrick trusts him to come up big for him. His last game, when he was healthy, was his biggest game, and Fitzpatrick fed him the ball all basically the whole game, and Parker still was able to get a touchdown. So they both can be, they both can coincide for fantasy production, but I think Parker is going to be the stronger of the two. In the eight games Parker actually played, he saw 60 targets, 32 catches, 430 yards, and three touchdowns, to which Parker had 52 targets, 28 catches, 400 yards, and four scores. So we already saw that Parker, even just as a rookie, outplayed, uh, Preston outplayed Parker just as a rookie. Devontae Parker has only had, let's be real, about a half game or a half season breakout. He didn't truly yeah. break out with there. Once Preston was down, there was no one else to throw to. He became the guy. <laughs> I mean, I think Parker has done enough that he's going to be a vital part of this offense. But the only sample size we had with Preston and Parker on the field, Preston was the guy. And I think that's only going to grow. He's now fully going in camp. His routes are looking better. Uh, his explosion's better. His hands are better, in my opinion, from everything I've seen. Obviously, that's not huge numbers to go by. But if he, he with 60 targets last year, he would have had 120 plus targets last year. And with that kind of target share, he should be in line to worse be a wide receiver, a high end wide receiver three, in my opinion. I think he has every shot to get to the 140, 130, 140, 150 range that people are expecting Parker to get this year. But if he overtakes, he's going to get that. And I think he showed out this year. I think he's going to prove a lot of people in this industry right, including me and Christian. Yeah, man. Uh, you know I'm on board with this. And I think there's actually a world where um, both Parker and Preston can be relevant because half of their fucking team opted out because of covid and so i mean there's there's a yeah. ton of vacated targets we've been and, talking about it a lot that i mean it's it's parker it's will it's williams it's maybe jakeem grant and then it's fucking who knows it's good yeah. week that breed is lying out at wide receiver because they're so bad oh, also man. keep an eye on the fact that Devontae parker is missing practice with a minor injury for what they say now but um brian flores doesn't think it's anything to be worried about but obviously if parker is out for week one if this is multiple weeks then preston williams is going to shoot up everybody's start play thing yeah start play thing and mind you i said he's going to be a wide receiver two in the 1a with parker being a wide receiver three at 1b 
So they're both can be very fantasy relevant, uh, but Preston Williams is going much later. So what's your percentage of this? This I'd say this is 90%. I'm very confident in this. So that's what we'll do, is after we're done, we'll give our percentages. Christian, yeah. your thing. I led the way with the percentage thing. I, I tossed those in my article so that <clears throat> I wasn't being held accountable for all the ones that I get wrong. Um, yeah, but no, so you, you just like fully believe. It's just, I'm like, what? <laughs> that's, not a, that's not a percentage, Christian. That's yes, just... That is true. I, I did change it up for this last article. Okay, so my first bold take, uh, not the first one I've ever given on here because yeah. we know who yeah. I am. Yeah. I'd say. <laughs> So this is one that I actually don't have this ranked out, so I'm not going by my own crazy beliefs, but my bold take is that DJ Chark will finish as a top five receiver. And when I initially wrote this out, it was that he'll outscore AJ Brown, DJ Moore, and Chris Godwin. Um, Bless you, Coda. Uh, For real? You good? Um, (laughs) So DJ Chark is the alpha on a team that's going to throw 600 times and that's really at least 600 times i mean this team is not good and and i know i talked with sean earlier today okay we're we're just gonna cut this out because coda's fucking are you good (laughs) so we we cut out there and we are back uh shout out to coda um so dj chuck has already shown us that he can be a guy that's top 10 in fantasy uh, he's got top 10 in his wheelhouse. He showed it with Gardner last year. Uh, this is a team that got just substantially worse on the defensive side of the ball. The offense is going to be on the field a ton, and they're going to be throwing the football. Um, it, it all comes down to targets and the fact that DJ Chark is just a really fucking good player. I mean, he has everything that you would look for in a true number one receiver. There's no one on that team that's going to challenge him for that. I know there's a lot of hype for LaVisca. Sean's on that train. There's a lot of hype for Colin Johnson these days. They still have Chris Conley. They still have D.D. Westbrook. Thank you. What? D.D. Westbrook? Yes. Thank you. I mean, yeah, but none of those guys challenge DJ Chark for targets. DJ Chark should push 150 targets. Westbrook did his rookie season. Sure. And then DJ Chark came. Um, A lot of that had to do with Nick Foles, I think. Yeah, and so with the fact that he's going to get Jamison Crowder-level targets and then just do a shit ton with them, I think DJ Chark is a smash play as a wide receiver one. But then him finishing top five, I will say, like, I'll give that, like, 75%. Um, I I don't – which seems even high now that I'm saying it out loud. But I I just think – I have him at eight. I have him at wide receiver eight. I think top five is within his realm of possibility. I think top three is within his realm of possibility. Uh, but I also think his floor is like 15. So he's a tough player to project. I think he's going to finish as a top five guy. Okay. Yeah, I mean, sure. I don't I don't see why that would be. Mine is going to be much more um, controversial. This is where we get into it. It's these last two for me, I think. Except the other one, maybe not as much. This one, my bold prediction, second bold prediction, Dalvin Cook will play all 16 games. You heard that right. And finish as the RB1 
in fantasy this season. Now, I don't know which is more controversial. Probably the idea that he's going to play all 16. But when he did play last year, he was second in fantasy points, PPR leagues through week 15, only to, obviously, Christian McCaffrey. But we always talk about how hard it is for a team to repeat. And I don't know if the Panthers are necessarily going to be as bad as they were last year. I do think Teddy Bridgewater is a improvement over Kyle Allen. We all know my feelings on Kyle Allen. But obviously their defense is going to be worse. But I, it's just it's so hard for a player to stay healthy and repeat in back-to-back years. I think that's why you've seen some people, not necessarily fade, but a lot of people are more on like Saquon Barkley. Ezekiel Elliott. Um, but to me, I think Dalvin Cook is right there talent-wise. And he's already shown that when he's on the field, he's a fucking monster. And Mike Zimmer's offense is catered specifically to Dalvin Cook, especially now that Stefanski's gone and there's no Stefan Diggs. They're going to want to run the ball maybe even more than they did last year. So I don't see why it's not in the realm of possibility that Dalvin cook could be the guy. If, if he's again, if he's on the field and I, and I'm again, I'm taking the injuries and I'm taking the possible holdout into account when I'm saying this. So because of that, I probably give this maybe a 65, maybe, well, maybe like a 45 to 40% chance of it actually happening. But I do think this could happen. I mean, honestly, dude, uh, so obviously it's super hard for the running back one to hit that spot again next year. It's the, for that reason, it's hard to get the same point total as last year. I think McCaffrey is the best chance of a lot of people that we've seen in our lifetime to do it, but he could still be RB one and lose 60 points technically. And I believe, uh, believe Dalvin cook was a hundred points behind McCaffrey at the end of the year, someone like that. So if Dalvin Cook yeah, just, just healthy, slightly above a hundred, yeah. So if he plays all sixteen, and also and that's and and he was if Dalvin Cook finishes the RB six, but that's only because he didn't play in week sixteen or seventeen. Through fifteen weeks, he was about one hundred and twelve points behind McCaffrey, but he was number two. Yeah. So if we're talking fifty, sixty points coming down or so from McCaffrey, and Dalvin Cook playing all games, I think he has a chance. I think. Barkley, Zeke, Kamara, if he's actually played. Like, I think all of the guys in that top range have that shot. So I'm fully on board with this. Just because it is so hard to repeat as RB1. And we've all and we all know how great Dalvin Cook is. Yes. Yeah. I'm I think it's within his realm of possibility, but I would roll with you at like forty to forty five percent is probably where I land. I just I think the sixteen games is the the thing that would yeah we all know you're such an injury you know worries worry wart he is mr huh. mr aj green's no, only gonna no. play 10 games he he is as long as it fits his narrative that's very well, i don't think that's true at all i mean oh so even that fits your narrative so it's gotta be against me i see how it is see randy randy oh. randy christian what's your second bold take <laughs> it's my turn it's randy's turn whatever <laughs> Uh, what have you talked? I will. God. All right. Well, my second one is kind of going to hurt Sean's feelings. This is okay. This is so far. This is easy. 
it's come not, on. No, it's not easy. Oh, so I think is, so. Jameson Crowder. It's, it's a common theme that all three of us believe. Well, not no, not necessarily, not by our consensus ranking. <laughs> so clearly yeah. not. Uh, Jameson. Oh, I wonder Crowder. who did both of those ranks. Somebody, some asshole. Somebody that keeps interrupting. Uh, it's Jameson Crowder, Will Outdoor, <laughs> Stefan Diggs. Thankfully, I got that out after Sean shut up. Um, <laughs> no, but in reality, none of these guys, neither of these guys are going to be a wide receiver one. Uh, Diggs is traveling and he's in a new offense, new team. He joins John Brown in this receiving core, who was hyper targeted last year by Josh Allen, uh, who is also a very inaccurate quarterback. And this is a run first team, at least from what I've seen. Um, they now have two backs in their system that they truly trust, just like last year they kind of did with Frank Gore, even though uh, he's obviously near the end of his career. Now we have two young guys to just lean on them for the rest of the year. Um, I don't think Josh Allen can have two mid to back end wide receiver twos. So I think it's going to kind of be like the Dolphins where one of Diggs and Brown is going to be a wide receiver two, most likely Diggs. And John Brown's going to be a wide receiver three somewhere in that range. Uh, and Crowder is a guy who last year got 120 plus, I think, 122 targets. Finished just wide receiver 26, so wide receiver two. Uh, all of us here think he has thinks he has every shot to get 150 targets this year because there's no one to throw to in this offense. I mean, Rashad Perryman, hopefully. Hello, he can the ghost of Chris Hogan. Yeah, the ghost of Chris Hogan. Uh, Rookie in Denzel Mims, who hasn't really shown much. Uh, there's there's just not a lot in this offense. I Obviously, we saw today video of Le'Veon Bell at wide receiver, so that could just be one clip. But I'm just saying, there's no one to really throw to this offense. Uh, Sam Darnold likes to throw in the middle of the field a lot, so that's going to be Herndon, Crowder, and what you'd assume would be Bell. But I think Crowder's getting 150-plus, so if he finished... 26 with 120 targets. I think he's going to be at least wide receiver 20 if he's getting 150 targets. And I don't think I don't think Diggs cracks the top 20. Yeah, I'm fully on board with this. You you guys know how much I fade uh, Stefan Diggs this year. I mean, I I put out a a thread about Preston Williams, ironically, in which I said at the time I had him over digs in my rankings and i've since cooled on that but i think jameson crowder is like almost a lock to finish above stefan Diggs. if i'm being honest i just it's the volume and i guess my belief in the quarterback to actually throw the ball well percentage chance randall uh 95 percent heck yeah i'm going high with these books the next now one. We're back to, uh, <laughs> now we're back to Christian. Yeah, mine's quick because I've talked about it, as Sean likes to say, ad nauseum on this show. It's um, a thing. It is, I know. Um, and what what'd you say? And uh, so you guys have brought it up in the past to make fun of me. I have Calvin Ridley finishing above Julio Jones this year, and it's something that I truly believe will happen. I think we're going to see the uh, two-to-one shift like we did with Godwin and Evans, like we have in the past with 
even Julio and Roddy White. I think that happens this year for Calvin Ridley over Julio Jones. And I'm not going to talk too much about it because, like I said, I've talked about it enough and I wrote a piece on it. Go to thecutffb.com, shameless plug of the website, and read my article of the case for Calvin Ridley to be a breakout star. And I'll give this a 85% chance. It's a little high. I for me this is like a thirty five forty percent chance, but just because Ridley's never gonna catch Julio, well he's not. I'm not gonna say never. He's not gonna catch him this year in the targets and the yards, in my opinion. But Julio, we all know, is severely handicapped getting touchdowns. Apparently, so he's only gonna get a six. So if Ridley's getting ten or more, it's possible. It's just for me, I. I think it's gonna be. I think they're they're the best chance to be the two wide receiver ones for a team, but I still think Julio will finish slightly higher. Yes, I as well. Okay. Yeah. So I, I would. Yeah. Look, it's 40. it's a fair. I mean, we're going bold here. So yeah, that's what we're doing. And Christian Christian is riding or dying on this hill for the entire twenty twenty season. That's one. Yeah, I'll probably die, but it's cool. <laughs> that's one thing. There, there's a few. Minor things that we don't talk, we don't write pieces on stuff that we've like joked that Christians flopped on. But when he when he right. the pen to paper, Randy's, what's Randy says there's a, it's good. Randy says there's a few things that we don't write articles on. Randy, I think there's a lot of things that you and I don't write articles. No, on. No, I I said him like Christian. There's a few things okay. he said that he just said like off the cuff that he's kind of flip flopped on joke about it. Yeah. But when he's actually I, like putting in an article or he's talking about it on here. He usually sticks to it, which I'll give him props for. Thanks, man. Also, I need to work on my Philip Lindsay article soon. Hmm. Jesus Christ, I'm not going to read that. Hey, you could stick <laughs> to read any of my articles. That's also true. Sean, speaking, of guys, speaking of guys that Christian likes to flip-flop on, my last but not least bold take for the 2020 fantasy season is the top three finishes for tight ends is some combination of George Kittle and Travis Kelsey. To me, it's probably in that order. And number three, Evan Ingram. My basis on that is when he was healthy last year, granted, a couple of those games were with Eli Manning, but one of those games was also with uh, Daniel Jones, and it just happened to be his best game, his best game of the season. Evan Ingram was the tight end one in fantasy through three weeks last year. I just think this dude is ridiculously healthy, ridiculously healthy, ridiculously talented. And they've talked about how he's, how good he's looked in camp that no one's been able to stop. And it's not just the one beat writer for uh, NJ.com, which is the New Jersey site that follows the giants. Joe judge has noticed it. Sterling Shepard has noticed it. ESPN.com has noticed it. Like, Everybody is raving about how good Evan Ingram looks in camp. I I know that once you get past the two big guys of Kelsey and Kittle, tight end gets a little bit um a little bit murky. And I know usually Mark Andrews is being drafted high as the tight end three. Zach Ertz is in there too. While I do think Ertz is going to be close to Ingram because I mean who it's just the point of who the hell else is Philly gonna throw the ball to again, at least for the first couple weeks of the season. I've always 
believe that ever since Evan Ingram came out of Ole Miss, he is a ridiculous talent. He's only three years into the league. He's 26 years old, and he seems to be healthy. And it doesn't look like he's having any effects from this Liz Frank injury from last year. He is going to finish as tight end three. I will give this a 58% chance. Okay, that's very specific. Uh, So, Randy, let me go first, just because Sean wanted to call me out about how I flip-flopped. I flip-flopped. It was more about Daniel Jones than him, but I figured I would tie it together. Well, you obviously have some belief in Daniel Jones if you think Evan Ingram's going to finish here, Um, for what it's worth. Um, So, with Evan Ingram, the reason I flopped is because I – I'm watching these videos of him running, not him tearing up the defense because that's a whole different story. I think the Giants the three of, terrible. Yeah, I think the three of us could probably tear up the Giants defense, but um but that's not true. But I I've seen videos of him running and he does look healthy and maybe the I mean maybe he's an anomaly. Normally he wouldn't come back healthy from an injury like that and so I I moved him up in my rankings. For the um, record, he has been. They have been quoted as saying he looks as explosive as ever. He he does, man. I mean, I've seen the videos, and that's why I I flipped a little bit because mm-hmm. maybe I got some bad advice. You know, you know. <laughs> I, do, I don't know much about injuries, but I but you guys know. I mean, we talk about it a little bit here, but even the last couple of years, like I have been full on the Evan Ingram train when he's healthy. I just I, I he's great, well, and right now you can get him. I mean, what? And right now I, you I, can get him in the eighth or ninth round, and this could be. A dude that finishes tight end three. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like fully against the tight end three. I'm not fully behind it. I, I just, I. That's I just, why it's a bold take, Randy. I, I know. I agree. I just, I, the bold take is just him playing enough to be tight end three. That's. I just need to see it. I'm just ready for him to finally. Well, you play. will this season. No, because he he's a great talent. If he could just stay in the field, it it's great for the Giants. First off, and. I mean, who really cares about the Giants, I guess, but uh <laughs> but the the major thing is it's it's just they're not gonna be a great team, so him being on that kind of offense with uh I mean, some good receivers but no like top tier guy and obviously one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in football. So I would love to see that offense with him in it all year. Yes, yeah. Your turn. Okay. Well, going into my last one. Uh, this one's, uh, in my opinion, I guess, I don't know if this is actually the hottest one of mine, but mine is Gerald Burrow, the rookie, will finish higher than Drew Brees and Josh Allen this year. Now, <laughs> I will say, the I will say, just because I say that does not mean that all three can't be QB1s. I just, I don't think this Bengals team is that good. They're going to be better than last year. I don't think there's a question about that. A, a huge improvement in the quarterback play. He already looks comfortable in the offense for everything I've seen. And he has so many weapons, uh, whether they're injury prone or somehow explosive in camp when no one thought they'd be, or uh, he just has so many people to throw to. They're going to be down a lot. I think he is going to be close, if not the exact same or even possibly exceed Andrew Luck's rookie year with 627 attempts. 340 completions, 4,400 yards, 23 touchdowns, 18 picks, 250 rushing yards, and five scores on the ground. That was Andrew Luck's rookie year. I think Burrow can do that, and that was good for QB10. 
And I think that slightly passes Breeze, who's hitting the 42-year mark. He was hurt last year. His passing seemingly is going down every single year. Even Tom Brady, the GOAT, started to go down last year at 42. We all saw that. Uh, he could still be a back-end QB1 or just off that line and still be good for fantasy. And Josh Allen, like I said before, is a horridly, horribly inaccurate QB that loves to run the ball, but apparently is going to run a lot less this year by all reports. And that's the upside that everyone cares about. If he's running for 70 attempts, like 350 yards and only four scores, are you really excited for him? Like, there's no way he's a top five QB. So, I mean, he's being drafted for that upside right now, for that rushing floor, really. I think he's going to throw more, hopefully improves in that aspect. I mean, I'm rooting for the guy. He plays hard. But if he's running a lot less for fantasy, he is not as valuable. Again, he could still be back in QB1, and this this still could happen. But with these two limiting factors for both these quarterbacks and Burrow being the most pro-ready quarterback since Andrew Luck coming in, I'm excited for his fantasy finish. Uh, Obviously, I don't think the Bengals are going to be good, but, I mean, you don't have to be the the best quarterback. I'm not trying to deal with three different teams in that damn division. Hey, I understand. Trust me. Uh, But, I mean, it's... I don't think they're going to be the worst team, which is good for Burrow, because generally the worst team, I think the highest quarterback finish in the last like 15 years or 20 years is like QB 18 or something like that. So that's my only worry for Gardner Metchew. <laughs> and I don't think that applies to Joe Burrow. Yes. What's your percentage? I'm going to go 60. Okay. That's, that's pretty high. I've actually warmed up on Burrow lately. Um, because because of Auden Tate. <laughs> I know that sounds wild, but because you guys know how I view A.J. Green, I don't think he'll stay on the field. But if if Auden Tate is as good as he has been in camp, it doesn't matter. I'm not saying that Auden Tate is a direct replacement for A.J. Green, but losing A.J. Green and not having a good replacement is uh, not as good for Joe Burrow. You think? Yeah. <laughs> Well, was it was it any good for Andy Dalton or Ryan Finley last year? No, not not I, good I at think, all. I think with that receiving core, with Mixon out the backfield, and Bernard for that matter, I I think he he's gonna throw for over four thousand yards. I think he's gonna throw for, uh, I'd say eighteen plus touchdowns, even in a losing effort most games, because they still could be in somewhat of a shootout and still lose. Uh, I think he mm-hmm. had rushing upside because he showed that in college. It's not anywhere near Josh Allen, but it doesn't matter. You, you, I mean, <laughs> you just need to do a little bit, and you could just QB sneak five touchdowns and be a darling for rushing the ball. So, yeah, Randy, one last question before I give my last one: uh, Are you warming up to Tyler Boyd at all? Well, we talked about this on our last mock draft episode. I'm warming up on Boyd. I, I was never down on Boyd's talent. I was down on where he was being drafted when we first did those uh, avoid at their ADPs because he was being drafted like 18 or 19 or something close to like, I think that's even ahead of what he finished last year. He was pretty much the only wide receiver on the team. Uh, <laughs> and now with AJ Green and T Higgins added in here, Obviously, another year for Auden Tate be a little bit better. 
Uh, John Ross is back. I, there's just so yeah, many yeah. speed. You are you no, are stop him. it. You are <laughs> by him at his absolute ceiling, and I don't even think that was. I think that was past the ceiling. Uh, I think he's a solid back end wide receiver too. If yeah. everyone's healthy, or even a high end wide receiver three, if everyone's healthy. If AJ Green goes down, John Ross is down again. He he shoots back up, but again, improved quarterback play. I'm not sure anyone's going to be. If AJ Green's healthy for 16 games, he's the only one that has a shot to be close to wide receiver one on this team, even sure. with Burrow throwing insane numbers. Yeah. All right, Christian. I can't. Be- I can't believe I didn't put a John Ross one in here. Pretty upset about that. <clears throat> um. So t- before I go on. I did write an article about my bold takes. I gave 10 of them. I did take two of these from that. Um, This is not one. Uh, I did say that I think Will Disley will finish above Greg Olson. But for this, I am saying that Will Disley will finish as a top 15 tight end in 2020. And people might think, how is that possible? He's not even the starter. Yes, he is. He's the fucking starter. He's going to start over Greg Olson because he's better than Greg Olson. He Greg Olson is a good PPR tight end. He's not necessarily a good red zone tight end, and that's what Russ likes. And so I think Will Disley's upside is actually probably top 10. Um, if he is as healthy as the reports are saying, he is coming off an Achilles. Achilles sounds right. Um, but he's been healthy at camp. He's been a hundred percent. He's been full go for basically the entirety of training camp. You have to assume that his, uh, chemistry with Russ is still going to be there. They really didn't add any options in the passing game. I know they're not a high volume offense as, as far as passing goes, but I think that if you look at red zone, like target hogs, yes, DK will probably eat into some of the red zone targets, but you have to remember too that Disley wasn't there for most of last year. I think where DK was getting some of those red zone targets, those are going to Disley. Overall, Greg Olson doesn't scare me because Greg Olson is, like I said, at this stage in his career, he's worse than Will Disley. Um, and this is a guy that you don't have to draft, and you can just pick him up, and he's going to be a top fifteen tight end. You can play him every week, and I'll give this a. Well, because I said these top 15, I'll give this like a 55% chance. Okay. And uh, right. to to help you with the one point, you said Olsen was a good PPR tight end. We haven't seen great things from him for a couple of years for obvious reasons. Um, and Disley showed out last year when he was on the field. Like the dude team. was going to retire two years ago. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> Disley looked good last year. He was winning weeks for people that picked him up. Uh, and he he was doing great. He and he's like Olsen could be a quick pass PPR guy, but Disley's a field stretcher at tight end. He he has game changing speed and route running. Well, not route, game changing speed, and he's close to Olsen's route running uh, in comparison to Olsen. And I I agree. I think he should be the starting tight end. I was kind of upset that they even signed Olsen, but I understand it when you've had three tight ends get banged up last year go for a veteran and hopefully you figure out the rest over under yeah. four games. Greg Olson is healthy for in Seattle <laughs> over. <laughs> I'll eight. say over. I'll give him eight. 
I'll say I'll say over because I think they'll be splitting snaps starting the year. Yeah. Well, and we have to remember too that the Seahawks offensive line didn't get better. And so they might run a lot more 12 personnel than people want to talk about. I mean, I guess it won't really matter for fucking Philip Dorsett or Paul Richardson. But yeah, I mean, it used to that, and even in twelve personnel, I mean, you still got Lockett and uh, and, and, and DK, DK out on the outside. Yeah, they're yeah. still out there. Yeah, and yeah, but that's the thing. Like a, a tight end emerging doesn't have to take away from the receivers, right? True. All right. So you've gave it a fifty-five percent. Okay, cool. There it is. Those are our bold predictions. Roast us. Don't roast us. I don't care. Do whatever. Uh, let's let's take another break and then we'll get into our streaming defenses for week one and we'll get the hell out of here. All right. Welcome back to our last segment here before we wrap it up. Uh, we're going to give you our top five defenses for week one based on the matchups for me. Number one is the Indianapolis Colts. They get to play the <laughs> they get to play the aforementioned Jacksonville Jaguars. It's on the road, but the Jaguars are gonna have to be adjusting to life without Leonard Fournette. Colts are gonna cause some turnovers. Colts have to force Buckner. Yes, please. Uh yeah. I I like the Colts. I think there's better teams for matchups. Um uh, mainly because Gardner doesn't turn the ball over a lot. That's literally the biggest reason to me. And the Colts have some holes on their defense, but I understand why. And you've also, and that's why you've been targeting them everywhere. Yep. All right. Uh, for, well, actually, it's mine and for both of us. Yeah. Uh, we put the Steelers because they face the Giants week one. Uh, they're one of the best defenses in the NFL, and they face the Giants who are kind of turnover prone. That's kind of the biggest thing. Obviously, they have a lot of weapons on that team, but I think the Steelers get a lot of sacks. Uh, the Giants offensive line isn't that great. And I, I have a strong feeling that they get a couple turnovers and like five sacks. So one of the best defenses plus turnover and sack upside. Yeah. All right. uh, Minimum. Uh, oh, sorry. No, Can you're good. Same yeah. uh, minimum of same nine. Pick. Well, minimum of nine forced fumbles. That's why I picked them. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it gets rough Minimal. with the Giants offense. All right. All right For me, number two is the Eagles at the Washington football team. Look, Dwayne Haskins maybe is better than we think. At least Christian thinks so. But they turn the ball over. He turns the ball over. Eagles no. defense. Not anymore. <laughs> hey, I, I am all with you on this, Sean. They're the defense I've been targeting in every draft that I actually pick a defense. Um, Washington does turn the ball over. Uh, they really only have one receiver of worth. No, not really anything else on that offense. I do think Haskins takes a step forward, but they also don't really have a running game to speak of right now until they sign Fournette. Um, <laughs> Antonio right. Gibson is something we have don't know yet, even though people assume a lot of things. So I, I'm all with you. I think and they're another team with a really strong D line that can get to the quarterback. Yes. Yeah. Go ahead with your two. I'll talk about the, I guess I'll talk about the Eagles yeah. now. Um, 
Randy, where did the Eagles fall for you? They were actually my number three because I I think top to bottom they're not the greatest defense overall, but they did improve down the stretch even with kind of dog shit in the secondary. They were actually doing decent, and this matchups really their starting weeks are kind of too good to pass up to me. Yeah. So the Eagles finished at five for me in these rankings out of five. Uh, The reason I put them there, I don't think that Haskins is going to turn the ball over. I do think that the Eagles are going to get a minimum of four sacks. And so I'll take that sack upside with, and maybe Haskins does cough up a fumble or two. Um, It doesn't have to be Haskins either. It can be Peterson. It can be Gibson who hasn't really had that many touches with the ball as it is. True. Yeah, that's very true. Uh, Randy, who's your number two? Oh, I was going to let you because I talked about the Steelers. Uh, so okay. both being Christians, ironically, oh. again, is the Bills. Christian, do you want to count why? Yeah, so we, we both have the Bills. Um, the, the basis behind this is the Jets have no weapons. The Bills have a great defense. They have a really good defensive line, even though they did lose some pieces. Um, the Jets... They signed some pieces on their offensive line, but the Bills are going to get to the quarterback. I don't think that's a question. I think they're going to be able to force some turnovers. I know Darnold has been turnover prone. I think if you add in the fact that his best wide receiver is a little tiny slot guy and then his second best receiver is Lev Bell probably right now, um, you have to like what the Bills should be able to do in their week one matchup. Randy, yeah. do you have anything to add? Yeah, the, uh, they're a good defense, great rush defense. They should get some sacks, and there's always the high upside of turnovers. Uh, I I like Darnold as a quarterback. I hate this team for him, so I've always got to kind of bet against this team, unfortunately. Yeah, I have, I have the Bills as my number three. Yeah, so I assume for the same reasons, and I have the Eagles at three, so... Yeah, because why the fuck else would why the fuck would I not want to go against Adam Gase? Hundred yeah. uh, percent. Christian, was there anything else you wanted to touch with your number three? No. So I have the Colts at number three, and I talked about how I have the Eagles at five. Randy, do you? <laughs> so we all we each have one team on here that isn't the same. Uh, so Steelers, Bills, Eagles, Colts are all the same for all of us. Yep. Uh, no, Randy. No, Sean doesn't. I don't have the Steelers. Oh, correct. So might have been so, a might have been a little bit of oversight, but oh well. So um, the two it. teams, yeah. the two teams I don't have, or that you guys don't have, I have San Francisco home against Arizona because, like, I just think why. I mean, yeah, the Arizona offense is probably going to be better, but week one, no preseason. San Francisco at home with that defense, I'm not betting against them. So I would, I'm going to take them. And then number five, the Chargers. Uh, even, <laughs> even with, no, even without Dur- Derwin James, I don't think this is a defense you can play an entire season. But again, no preseason. Bengals have only gone against themselves. This is a rookie making his first career start. I don't know. Maybe it's just a, a hunch, but I want to play that matchup for one week, see if Burrow's the real deal. Well, and the, the biggest thing for me, while I do think the Cardinals and the Bengals can have explosive weeks as an offense, 
the biggest thing I'll say to back up your point is the Cardinals offensive line is somewhat of a crapshoot and they've kind of been injured here in the preseason and we know the Bengals offensive line is a crapshoot. So I, with, with two good, two dominant defensive lines, I'm hundred percent on board with that reason, because just like we said with the Steelers, both these defenses can get at least five sacks and that, that can carry you to the top five finish in a yeah. So. Plus, we didn't even talk about with the Chargers at the top of the episode. We didn't talk about how they signed Chris Harris Jr. And so, like, they have three corners that would be number one corners on their respective teams. They have yes. three really good corners. They have two, in my opinion. Obviously, Melvin uh, Ingram's not the peak of his game, in my opinion, anymore. But he's still very, very good. Uh, and Joey Bosa is a monster. So those two on the edge are scary to anyone. Uh, they have constantly tried to take shots to get the D-tack position right. Uh, even if it's not fully perfect, it's still a pretty good position for them. And they also drafted who at middle linebacker that I can't think of this exact second. Kenneth Murray. Kenneth Murray, who was, in most people's opinion, the best linebacker, middle linebacker in the class. And he should help bolster that linebacking core. And like you said, Besides losing Derwin, they still have great corners. Uh, obviously, their safety position's hurting, but hopefully, with the pass rush they can get, it won't matter as much, uh, especially against a rookie QB. And I'll go, uh, Christian, you give your four. <clears throat> yeah, so <laughs> I this is the Bold Takes episode. I want to play the Dolphins defense against the Patriots. And you might think, why the fuck would you do that, Christian? That seems stupid. And I know Randy and Sean will probably say that to me Indeed, when I'm, when I'm done talking. There are a lot of factors that go into this. Number one, Cam, he's been looking better, but he still hasn't grasped the the full scope of the offense. And he hasn't been running it the way the Patriots run their offenses and the way Tom Brady was able to run the offense. The Dolphins have what I believe are two stud corners um, in Byron Jones and Xavier Howard. But then they also have Igbenogany in the slot. Um, They signed Kyle Van Noy. So they have an inside leg up on the Patriots, which they already have with Brian Flores as their coach. I just think that if this if I'm correct about the Dolphins and they're going to have a competitive year they're going to do it starting week 1 and I think a lot of it might ride on their defense and I think their defense got a lot better Randy will tell me that they need more time to gel but this is a really good matchup for them um just in the fact that the Patriots offense is probably going to be the worst version of it that we've seen in a long time I'll take advantage of it and I'll probably play them in uh, DFS because they're probably going to be really fucking cheap. So, spoiler. Uh, yeah, I'm against it for obvious reasons. Uh, I don't think the Dolphins are a good team. I don't think their defense is that much improved. Uh, we most cases that we've seen, you sign a bunch of people. It does not work well for most cases. Just in general, it just doesn't end up working well. Uh, for this case, I do think there's a good chance it ends up working well, but. I think it's going to need some time to gel. Like you said, they have two dominant corners. Uh, in my opinion, that's about it. 
I don't think they have good edge rushers. I don't think they have good D tackles. I think Van Noy's a great leader for this defense. Uh, besides that, they have Baker at linebacker, I want to say. Yeah, and they just traded out- Raekwon McMillan. Yeah, I was going to say, and that's about it. I don't think their defense is that great. Uh, those Patriots offense should be good. The defense should be okay, at least, even though they did lose a lot of pieces. Uh, the one, I, I think they're going to come out trying to fire against all the questions against them. I think they're going to win week one. Uh, I don't think necessarily they make the playoffs, but I think they're going to beat the Dolphins week one. But I will say, almost every year, it seems like, the Dolphins either split or they almost split with the Patriots. So for that reason, this does have a decent shot, at least, especially week one. But it is Cam, though. I, I have faith in Cam with this receiving core that actually might be top five for his career. Top five for his career, bottom five in the league. Yeah, but that's still saying something because he's been a QB1 with worse people. So, that's fair. Uh, I'll go into the last one that's different. So. My number five is actually the Lions uh, with David Montgomery. They're facing the Bears uh, with David Montgomery going down. Almost guarantees he's not playing this week. Um, the receiving core, which I do like Robinson and Miller, but that's about it. Their tight ends are who really cares. They have seven. <laughs> Cole Komet is the best of the bunch, and he's a rookie, so you probably won't do much. Uh, and they they keep saying that they're not going to tell us who their quarterback is until week one, which tells me they don't. Fuck <laughs> yeah. Um, again, Matt Nagy's not an idiot. I'll tell you one. He may not be an idiot, but I don't think anyone's nervous about not knowing which one of the Q piece is actually. <laughs> I don't think it's that much of a big difference. Uh, the only difference is Trubisky can run slightly. That's about it. And maybe a couple inches. Uh, Moving on, uh, the Lions actually have a good secondary, in my opinion, uh, and they generally they, they have a decent young linebacking core. D-line kind of needs some work, but Trey Flowers is pretty good. Uh, I, I do expect like a mediocre defense for the Lions, but mediocre against a Bears team that's missing their best player. Well, second best player behind Allen Robinson. Uh, that's kind of scary. Yeah, well, plus... Allen Robinson popped up as questionable, I saw. He did, but I mean... He'll be all right. Yeah. Man, screw these soft tissue injuries. There's a ton of them, man. Screw these hard tissue injuries, too. I'll tell you what, Denny Carter, he he called it. He, he <laughs> said that last week, week and a half of the seat, week and a half of uh, camp, there's going to be a lot of injuries, and he was right. He was right. We should give him a shout-out on Twitter. Yeah. All right. Well, there it is. There are our defense week one rankings. Now, don't this isn't going to be an every week thing, I don't think. I hope not. Uh, Maybe yeah. we'll give you one or two. Yeah, I think Maybe we'll give you one or two to stream. Like each of us pick a defense of the week or yeah. we combine. Um, we all want the same. <laughs> so, yeah, there, there it is. There is our episode. So we only have one more preseason in quotation marks episode before we move on to the big time. The 2020 fantasy and NFL season is almost upon us. You could call it the Nick Foles. You call that the big time. You get it? After Randy's joke. Triple inches. (laughs) The big time. Anyway. Uh, uh, That was good. The (laughs) listeners will like it, even though you guys didn't. 
<laughs> oh, Christ almighty. All right. I don't know what else to say. Randy, you got anything? Uh, it's going to be a busy week next week, but I'm excited for That's our, good. I guess, first week of the season, mega week, kind of, with four episodes, most likely. Uh, honestly, I- I'm just excited to get back into that kind of like grind of figuring out the good start since we did really well with that last year. Uh, and I'm hoping to win some money with Christian on the weekends with yeah. DraftKings, FanDuel, and most importantly, Thrive Fantasy. With me Each. occasionally popping in. That's true. Also use promo code the cut to get twenty additional dollars onto your first deposit of twenty dollars or more. Thrive fantasy. Hashtag prop up. Yes. All right. Well, for Randy Hall, Christian Williams, I'm Sean Ward. We'll talk to you guys on Monday. We on <laughs>